Thanks for checking out the Vance Pittman Leadership Podcast. This is a conversation all about leadership, vision, and joining in God's activity wherever you are. You can find the show notes, links, and other helpful resources at hopechurchlv.com slash podcast, YouTube, or on your favorite podcast app. Thanks again for tuning in today. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Well, welcome to episode number 53 of the Vance Pittman Leadership Podcast. If you're over here on YouTube, welcome to another episode. Uh, It's a beautiful day here in Las Vegas, Nevada. Uh, We are just finishing up January, uh, but this episode is dropping in February of 2022. And uh, man, things are going really well. My name is Scott. I have the privilege of leading alongside Pastor Vance here at Hope Church in Las Vegas. And I am here with the man, the myth, the legend, my pastor, my mentor, my friend, Pastor Vance Pittman. How is it going, Vance? How are you? Going great, man. We are, like you said, right at the end of January recording this, uh, about to jump into February when this drops. And it's an exciting weekend here at Hope Church. We've got, uh, by the time this drops, it'll be over. But this weekend, we've got our Awaken weekend where we kind of set aside several days for our people to just really seek God together as his family. And we got some special guests coming in. Brian Loritz will be here tonight. And then uh, Robbie Simons, pastor friend from Toronto, Canada, will be here on Friday evening. And then Sunday, Matt Carter, a pastor from Texas, planted Austin Stone, now pastor Sagemont Church there in Houston. So it's just going to be a dynamic weekend of seeking God together, hearing from the Lord together. And there's just something special that happens, even go all the way back to Old and New Testament times, when God's people set aside a se- several days of, call it festivals, feasts, whatever in the Bible, revival meetings, conference in, in our culture today, but just several days where our primary focus is to, to worship God, to hear from God, to seek God together. And so we're right in the middle of that, so super excited about it and looking forward to it. Actually, uh, I, you know, in this whole journey of two years, I never had it, but three weeks ago, finally got my dose of COVID. Man. <clears throat> so I apologize, a little bit of a lingering cough got going the Rona, on. The Rona yeah. got Pastor Vance. The Rona got me, and uh, I had the Omicron, so I didn't lose taste and smell, but I did uh, have the fatigue and the headache. And, hey, for those that have been through it, Mad respect. There's no joke. It'll. Uh, but now that I'm, I'm, I'm vaccinated, I'm boosted, and I've had it. Like I'm like Superman. <laughs> I could lick a petri dish with coronavirus and be good. Oh, so no. I'm good. Oh uh, well, you are already just going right in line with what we're going to talk about Uh-oh. today. Uh, but real quick, uh, also this weekend, and we talked about it last month. But for those of you on YouTube, you can see I am holding a physical copy right now of the Stressless Life. Uh, this is also dropping this weekend for our church, and then it's dropping uh, February 1st. So by the time people hear this, it is live. You can go get Pastor Vance's new book on all platforms. Uh, we did a whole podcast on that last month, um, and so we're really excited about that, and we're excited about just how God's going to use this book uh, all over the country and all over the world. And how did it go? So We did a thing last time where we were going to send we're gonna send. We are going to send somebody. Can't announce the winner just yet. We're going to send somebody a signed copy, and you're actually signing copies for our church this weekend. And so now that we have the physical copy, we'll be hitting up people in the DMs uh, who gets that. But, yeah, we, we had a winner um, uh, that we're going to announce next month who got that signed copy that Great. we'll be sending this week. Awesome. Um, today is a new, is a new kind of uh, a topic on the Vance Pittman Leadership Podcast. You saw in the title, 
Um, we're calling this off script. Now, a couple things. For those watching on YouTube, you've know, you know this. But for those listening, um, basically, we don't just, like, talk completely randomly each time we meet. Correct. Um, Scott doesn't trust me enough to do that. Uh, so we I make him nervous. We usually have a plan. There's more. We usually talk through it. Again, there's not a script. That's kind of a, a misnomer. But there's clearly a, a, a path that we kind of follow. And sometimes we cut things in the middle. And, again, if, if you're on YouTube, you've kind of seen as I – Ask Vance a question. He's maybe looking down at some notes. Um, just some things he's jotted down that we've discussed um, before we hit record. Um, then came your sabbatical. <laughs> yeah. And then after sabbatical, um, we just the, – the way the, the way the schedule was, we just had to do a podcast. And we had just come from a uh, um, one of our staff meetings that we call – all staff we call Second Monday. And Vance was just real raw, real <laughs> off script coming back from – from sabbatical, this is all before the transition and all that. If you don't know what I'm talking about with transition, welcome. Uh, check out that <laughs> podcast a couple episodes ago where we talk about what's going on in Pastor Vance's life. Yeah, and in the world we live in today, please check out the podcast yes. if you're going to mention the word transition. <laughs> yeah. So please check and it out. <laughs> He's off script, people. <laughs> We're going to talk about that even in our questions today. So here's the thing. We got to tile in here. We got we to gotta do something here. Um I just loved it. I actually got a lot of feedback. Vance got a lot of feedback. There was just a rawness and a um, just a transparency. Not that we're not raw and transparent other times, but um, it's like when you have a sermon prepared, Vance, and you're getting ready to preach. You have notes, but then there's other times when you're at a conference or something and somebody calls you and says, hey, would you just share a few words? And there's just some stuff in you. You can get up, no notes, just with your Bible, and you can just preach on whatever's kind of in you. Hence the idea off script. So I listen to a podcast that does something similar to this, but basically right here in this little uh, in this little bowl thing, if you uh, on YouTube you can see it. Uh, I have a bunch of questions. There's eight of them. I don't know if we'll get to all eight because we could get to two and we'd be over our time and try to keep these to about a half an hour. But uh, we just got a lot of feedback on just the the appreciation of just a more conversation that wasn't necessarily flowing to some notes. And so um, I asked Vance permission. I said, can we do that? He has no idea what is in this I do uh, not. little bowl. So I do not. That are, that are fa- those are facts. Uh, I'm going to just pull these out and uh, just ask Vance some questions that uh, some have to do with leadership. Some are just fun. And uh, we are going to call this, maybe this will be off script volume one and it will be off script volume only. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Maybe this is the last time we ever go off script. But you can also let us know. Like if you like this after you listen to the rest of this episode, if this is like, man, this is cool. I really like this format. Uh, It won't be every week. I think there's value in in diversifying kind of our content. But uh, yeah, we we will try this. And if you like it, let us know. Let Vance know in his DMs or me in my DMs. Um, and let us know that you're enjoying this if you do. So uh, any, any final words before we jump into, uh, as, as you can tell on YouTube, there's no notes. He doesn't have anything in front of him, and we're just going to go off script. Yeah, no, I have no concern other than the fact I am in the middle of a job transition, and I hope my future employer doesn't hear anything today and change their mind. So here we go. <laughs> All right, let me grab the first question here for off script volume one. Hey. There you go, praise God, as if it was scripted. Oh. Vance, you're moving into a new leadership right. position. Before you answer, actually, this que- actually answer this question, I do want you to give a 30-second yeah, what's happening. for sure. Vance, you're moving into a new leadership position. What are some ways you're excited to grow as a leader? For you listen to this podcast, we always say leaders are learners. 
um, we never, we arrive when we meet Jesus in heaven. We're always growing. We're always learning. He's always teaching us how to be better in our positions in life. And so Vance, you're an incredible leader. There's always room to grow. So what are some ways in this new transition, this new leadership position, you're excited to grow? And before I answer it, I want to say something about what you just said. You said when we get to heaven, we arrive. Sort of. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Here's what I mean by that. We will forever grow in the knowledge of God for an eternity and never exhaust the riches of who he is. So in some sense, yeah, from a bodily standpoint, we receive our glorified body. But we will be learning for all eternity, growing in intimacy with the Father as we grow to understand who he is. But so for me personally... Uh, I am in the middle of of job change and transition for 21 years. I've been here in Las Vegas. God called us here to this city to plant Hope Church, to engage the city with the gospel, see churches planted for 21 years, been doing that. Um, There is a podcast you can go listen to that unpacks the whole journey. But long story short, I have accepted the call to become the new president of Send Network, which is the largest church planting network in North America. Uh, this year, just got the numbers. We planted 600 churches this year in North America, which is Canada, the United States, Puerto Rico. And um, so I'm in the middle of that. I actually start March 1st with the new job as far as uh, transition to their payroll and everything and, and leave Hope's payroll. Uh, but I'll continue to preach at Hope until May 1st in my role. And then from then on, we'll only preach at Hope about six times a year. This will be my base. I'll live here in Las Vegas. Hope's going to be our sending church as we engage and lead this organization that's all over the country. So that's kind of the transition. Now, read me the question one more yep. time now that I've got that yep. on the and table. I'll, I'll, always, I'll, I'll give you the questions, too, so you can look at them. Okay. Vance, you're moving into a new leadership position. What are some ways you're excited to grow as a leader? Great. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, there's a lot of ways I'm excited to grow. One one of the things for me, though, is um, like even when I came to plant Hope uh, 21 years ago, I, I didn't know how to plant a church, but I knew how to pastor a church. Mm. So I thought if we can ever get to that stage, I can be comfortable again. I was uncomfortable as a planter. Uh, the deal with what I'm doing now, I've never had this kind of job. Mm. Um, I mean, we have over 240 of our missionaries that serve some in, in our base in Alpharetta, but only about 10, 15%. The rest are scattered all over North America. Um, and then we have hundreds and hundreds of planters that are either in the process of planting, and I think there's over 1,000 right now in our pipeline of developing them to, to toward that thing of planting. And so, like, it's a total new game. Like, I can't step into this role and go, I know what I'm doing mm. um, because I don't know what I'm doing. And, and, and there's two reasons that excites me. Number one, it excites me because I, I love the challenge of learning something new. Uh, one of the things that, that God used to open my heart to this opportunity uh, was I'm the type guy that needs to know what's that next mountain that I'm supposed to climb. Where's the next hill we've got to take? Where's the next battle we got to win? Uh, and at, at Hope, where, <laughs> where God had used my leadership here, we were to the place where obviously hope still has development and growth and challenges, but but some of the big rocks that were in my heart, we had accomplished. And I was looking for that, what is that next thing? And that would either have been something here or God opened up this opportunity. And uh, so, so that's very exciting for me to think about learning new systems. I'm in the, I've developed uh, along with Travis Ogle, our executive pastor, he and I put together a five-fold strategy to evaluate this new organization from top to bottom. 
um, and in its evaluation of everything from systems to values to people to uh, how we're uh, uh, effectiveness, all of those things, financial implications. So we're evaluating, and I've just started to put my toe in the water doing that with some of the we do things called at Hope, you know, these called skip level interviews where we skip over every 18 months, everybody who reports to us and do an interview about 90 minutes with people that report to the people that report to us. And 90% of what you learn, you already know the 10% that's new information is gold. So I developed a, a form of that and I've selected a cross section of about 15% of our organization and I'm doing these 90 minute interviews. And gosh, I'm just learning so much. And I'm, I'm just hearing all these new opportunities and ideas and strategies. And I just feel like as a leader, I am growing. Mm. I, I'd gotten comfortable. I'd been leading in the same way for three decades mm. in the same field, in the same seat, even though there'd been nuances and challenges. But this is like totally different. Yeah. It's a totally different thing. So that's, cool. that's huge for me as a leader. But then also... Um, man, the temptation when you lead specifically in, in, in ministry circles is you get so comfortable in the roles and routines as a leader that you can lose a sense of desperation and dependence on God. Mm. Um, you've just done it. A, you know, you've preached a thousand sermons. You've led a thousand church services. You've, you've been on a hundred mission trips and you, you can just get to the place where not that you don't want to get here, but you can just begin to take some things for granted. And in this new thing, like, I feel like I'm back when I came here. Man, if God's not God, I'm sunk. Like, I don't I don't have the answers. People say, man, what's your vision? Which, I don't know enough to even say what that is yet. I've yeah. got a lot to learn, which forces me back into a place of dependence on God. And that's been – those are a couple of things that are super encouraging and exciting for me. Yeah, a couple of things I just jotted down to encourage you because obviously we want this to be uh, off script, but we also want you, this to be valuable for you as a listener or a viewer. Man, a couple of things you said, Vance, I think are huge is just the fact that you love learning new things. If we ever get to a place uh, as leaders or humans where we're just like content to be status quo in the same spot forever. I thought that was really cool. And then. Well, and let me say, we, yeah. we've said this before, but leaders are learners. And I say, when you stop learning, you forfeit the right to stop lead. Leading, yeah, yeah. And, and we, we shouldn't be as leaders not learning constantly. And so. Yeah. And then this idea of listening like these 90 minute interviews, like you are listening to things before you just go in there and start changing things. Million and I percent. think that is that there's a humility there. There's a wisdom there. And so I don't know if somebody's listening to this who is taking over a, a position in something. How much more can you listen before you begin to to lead change? And so I thought that's really cool. And then just obviously the humility and dependence on God. Um, is massive. So hopefully that encourages somebody listening as we go off script for the first time. Vance, I'm going to let you choose this one and read it out loud for our audience. What is God teaching you right now as you're abiding in him? Hmm. Good question. Um, we talked about this somewhat um, on the podcast after sabbatical, hmm. but I'd kind of gotten to a place when I left for sabbatical where I just was from all the politics and pandemic and cultural shifts and everything that was taking place, I just spiritually kind of gotten numb with God. Um, and it started with a book um, <laughs> called uh, Gentle and Lowly by Dane Ortland. I'm now reading another book uh, by him. And you're, getting, you're getting ahead of us, Vance. You're getting ahead. Okay, so there may be a question about that. But I won't, I, 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 we can talk about that in a minute. Okay, but okay. What I'm, the point I'm wanting to make is, 
Um, through those two books, I have found myself falling in love with Jesus mm. because of Jesus again. Huh. Um, not because I need him for the work, not because I'm a pastor, not because I have a sermon to preach. Um, but when I left for sabbatical, there was a, a part of me that was kind of frustrated with God. Mm. Like um, all these years, all this investment, all the sacrifice that most people will never know about. And I felt like, you know, I was watching people angry, leave, whatever, because of this thing or that thing you did do or didn't do or didn't do enough of or did too much of, and none of it had to do with the Bible. Mm. Um, and I was just kind of frustrated with God and really spent some time on sabbatical running from God. And it was, it was that original book, Gentle and Lowly. I just began to fall in love with Jesus again, that Jesus is enough. And the beauty and the majesty and the glory and the purity and the faithfulness of Jesus. If we're not careful as followers of Jesus, we become so familiar. It's kind of like in marriage. You know, in marriage, you, you fall in love with this person, but then you start doing life, kids, bills, retirement, shopping, grocery store, laundry. And there are those moments where you kind of remember and, and rekindle and fall in love again. Awesome. And I feel like <clears throat> that's part of what's happening right now in my time of abiding with him. I pray that it doesn't stop, um, but I'm finding myself falling back in love with Jesus. It's awesome. Yeah, I thought, I just wrote down this thought when you were talking, and I've heard you you say something to this effect, but that idea, if you're listening right now and you're hearing that and you're either challenged or encouraged by what Vance said is this question, do you pursue Jesus because, because, of, because of what he does for you, sermons, leadership content, or just because of who he is? Yeah. Like really going to Jesus for Jesus and nothing else. If we're not careful, particularly in American Christianity, we can lose the forest for the trees. We can get so caught up in the trappings of Christianity that we lose the Christ of Christianity. And at the end of the day, this is a love relationship that we've been invited into with this man named Jesus that is radical, that is life-changing, and that brings you and I together as brothers in Christ and our church families, brothers and sisters in Christ. And... Um, Man, I just found myself getting so caught up in all the decisions and all the opportunities and obstacles and challenges and frustrations that the Christ of Christianity no longer warmed my heart. And what I feel happening right now for me, and I think I'm just at the beginning of this, is just that reigniting of that passion for Jesus that honestly is the only thing that keeps us going in the midst of all of this. Yeah. It's awesome. Man, it's good. That would have been a good one to end on. Let's 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 uh. <laughs> Oh yes. I was hoping this one got brought up. <laughs> oh. What leadership principle can we learn 
from the losses of mm. Alabama football and the Dallas Cowboys this yes. season. <laughs> and I have a feeling these are going to be different. <laughs> yes, they are. Uh, and and here's what I love about uh, I love it. So I, I'm with the new book coming out. I'm doing a bunch of podcasts and everything right now for other people. And I just did one uh, a couple Fridays ago for a guy named Jason Romano called Sports Spectrum Podcast. Cool. Highly encourage you to follow it if you don't. Jason was with ESPN for years, did uh, Mike and Mike in the morning as producer, cool. NFL primetime, all that kind of stuff. But he's a believer, walks with Jesus. And so I actually did a podcast with him promoting the book right after nice. Alabama lost to Georgia. If you don't know, which I don't know how you wouldn't know, Vance is a massive Alabama football fan. If you don't fan. know, you probably shouldn't be listening to this podcast. I am a massive Dallas Cowboy <laughs> fan. Every year yeah. I predict that we're in the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl is next weekend when this launches, and the Cowboys are not going to be in it. Yes, they are not. They are not. <laughs> the Alabama side of that question, here's what I would say. Um, in football and sports, your greatest leadership moment cannot always be measured by wins and losses. And here's what I mean by that. I personally believe in the now 15, 16 years Nick Saban's been at Alabama, he lost this national championship game, but it was by far – his best coaching season. Hmm. Alabama had the youngest team that Saban has coached since he's been at Alabama. Lost 11 players to the draft the previous year. Off 22 starters, 11 of half of them are now playing in the NFL. Crazy. A few of them are up for rookie of the year. So lost quarterback, center, left tackle, both wide receivers and running back off the offense. Replaced all of that talent and then had lost both starting wide receivers at running back lost three tailbacks in the final game of the season. We had a running back, a second string and our third string running back was a linebacker that had been converted to running back because of all the injuries. So on paper, Alabama shouldn't have even been in the game. Hmm. And yet they were in the game and, and, and very much in the game had a chance to win the game. Um, I just thought it was a masterful coaching job by Nick Saban. And also, the, the, this, what happened at the end of the game, Nick Saban's at midfield with Kirby Smart. And Nick Saban was literally smiling like he'd won the game. Mm. And part of that was Kirby Smart, nine years on Saban's staff. Yeah. He saw himself winning because somebody he poured into won. And so there are going to be moments in leadership where – the scoreboard doesn't reveal the quality of leadership that's been displayed leading up to that moment, nor does it, does it necessarily reflect the impact of what's happened through that leadership season. Yeah. And I think that's definitely true in Alabama's yeah. loss. It's why it was easier for me to swallow yeah. because I just felt like what a masterful job of coaching that, that was done this year. Uh, on top of that, replaced his offensive coordinator, yeah. uh, who's now the head coach at Texas. So all that's masterful. <laughs> From the Dallas Cowboys side, uh, and I just hope Jerry Jones is not listening to this. We love you, Jerry. Um, but uh, listen, the Dallas Cowboys are, to me, the perfect example of the danger and the damage of micromanagement. Mm. Um, you saw in, in the game we just saw with the Bills and the Chiefs, between both of those teams, you saw masterful coaching at the end of those games with clock management. When it came to the Cowboys, you saw the exact Pitiful. opposite. Yeah. And the reason, I think, is because because Jerry Jones so micromanages his organization, he doesn't attract the type of leader 
that can lead in those moments because they're so dependent on him and looking to him to look over their shoulder Mm -hmm. that in those moments. So, man, as leaders, one of the things that I love doing in leadership, I love leading through others. Mm -hmm. And to do that, you have to not only equip them and you not only have to give them responsibility, but you have to give them authority. There is authority. If you don't give somebody the authority to carry out the responsibility, you're handcuffing them in leadership. And that's really the situation with the Cowboys. There's not authority given with the responsibility that's given. Yeah. And I say this as an outsider. Somebody on the inside may argue and point, yeah, point yeah, out yeah. why it's different. Um, but observation would tell yeah. me that. And and I love one, – it's one of the things in the transition we have here at Hope. I'm getting so much joy watching you and Travis and Edward and Chip and others step up in this vacuum of leadership – because I've been walking with you guys for years yeah. and been empowering and giving you authority and responsibility. And John said it in, in, the, in, the, in, in the book of, uh, I think it's Third John, when he said, I have no greater joy than watching my children walk in the truth. Mm-hmm. And watching you guys now lead, having been entrusted with leadership and empowered to lead, uh, brings me great joy. So that's, that's how to answer that's awesome. that question. Yeah, that's awesome. Hopefully you gleaned. If you if you didn't just fast forward because you're not a sports fan, that was some gold right there. All right, we got time for at least at least one more, maybe two. Let me see what we got here. Uh, there we go. This is what we talked about earlier. We already mentioned it, so it's probably be a quick one. What books are you reading, and what are you learning? Okay, uh, I did say earlier that I am reading. Uh, I've I've become and I, I don't get. I have no. I don't make any money off Dane Orland. But Shout man, out to Dane. I, I've Orland. never even met the man. I'd like to. Uh, if you're listening, Dane, I'd like to meet you. Uh, but man, his book, Gentle and Lowly, rocked my world and reintroduced me to the Jesus of the Bible in a way that invited me into intimate fellowship with him. So I did what everybody does. I went on Amazon and said, what else has he written? Mm. And a new book that he's had just come out called Deeper. Mm. And my gosh, it is rocking my world. Um, and it's just basically taking Gentle and Lowly and doing what it said. It's going deeper. And I'll read you just a little little nugget from it that I um, read yesterday. I actually posted uh, this on on my, my Twitter account, uh, Vance Pittman, at Vance Pittman. But uh, listen to what he says. This is so good. So consider the darkness that remains in your life. And even him saying that was so refreshing for me because sometimes I think I'm a weirdo Christian because I still got a bunch of darkness yeah. like in yeah. me. But he said, consider the darkness that remains in your life, the spiritual lethargy, the habitual sin. Mm. I love his assumption is we all live with that. Yeah. The deep-seated resentment, that place in your life where you feel most defeated, our sins loom large. They seem insurmountable. But Christ and your union with Him loom larger still. As far as sin in your life reaches, Christ and your union with Him reach further. As deep as your failure goes, Christ and your union with Him go deeper still. As strong as your sin feels, the bond of your oneness with Jesus is stronger still. Live the rest of your life mindful of your union with the Prince of Heaven. Rest in the knowledge that your sins and failures can never kick you out of Christ. Let an ever-deepening awareness of your union with Him strengthen your resistance to sin. Amen. And it's just like that's legit. Woo! Yeah, like yep. in my in my uh, where I have it in my book at home, uh, I actually have that all bracketed, and in the margin three times I wrote the word "wow, wow, 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 wow." wow. So that's good, awesome, awesome, right on. I'll put the uh, I'll put that book uh, in the show notes if you want to check that out. All right, we got time for one more. 
And this is a good one to end with. Vance, you've said 2020 and 2021 were some of the hardest years of leadership ever. Mm. Um, unpack that for us uh, and some reasons why. And then also uh, maybe just encourage leaders who are listening. Not that we're out of it. I mean, come on. You just said you were yeah. down and out with COVID. Yeah. We, we know we're still hearing about all the things. Yeah. It's not over. Um, political stuff's gearing up again with the midterms. I mean, I think this is a wave coming back again. So uh, why did you say that? And in the last few minutes we have, what would you encourage leaders in the church, outside the church? How can we lead strong in the midst of such chaotic times? Yeah, I want to answer the first part, and then I want to do the, the other part second, okay. the part about encouraging, because yep. I want to yep. finish on that. Um, why, why were the last two years so challenging? For me, there's one simple answer to that question. There's always been challenges in leadership. There's all, no matter where you sit in leadership, the church, outside the church, there are always challenges. But for us as Christians, we have a book. We have the Word of God that we can go to to find instruction, to give us wisdom. Uh, and for me, in all the situations that I've been through here, whether it was a moral failure, whether it was a, a, a flood that we experienced, an economic collapse, a, a bond company getting sued and going, all the challenges, it was always to me clear from Scripture. Here's the right thing to do. Here's the wrong thing to do. And as a leader, I understand when I make a decision, not everybody's going to like it. But if I know it's the right thing to do in accordance with God's Word, chips fall where they may. Yeah. Like, it's just the right thing to do. With the political, it really wasn't COVID. It was the political polarization that surrounded the pandemic yeah. and the election cycle. To be totally honest, there were many moments I didn't know the right thing to do. Mm. Mask, no mask. Meet, don't meet. Uh, percentage of people you can allow in the building, percentage of people you can't. Like, if you ask 10 different experts, you got 10 different answers. Mm -hmm. um, and yes, there was a principle of submission to governing authorities, and we tried to follow that here in our leadership. The problem is, when you think about a national presidential office, a, a, governing, a governor who governs your state, a mayor who governs your city, a city council who affects policy in your city. I was working with each of those entities at different levels and was getting different opinions <laughs> from governing yeah, authorities. Yeah. Um, so it was just so frustrating not knowing the right thing to do, and it just in many ways polarized a lot of leaders. Mm. And so here's what I would say to encourage leaders. Had dinner last night with a leader who is literally influencing thousands and thousands and thousands of people every day with decisions that he's making. And he sat across the table from me, and he just, in frustration, talked about where he is, you know, that, man, it's just been so hard. It's been challenging. And he's right. It has been. But here's what I encouraged him with and what I want to encourage you with if you're listening or watching. If you're still in the game, you're winning. Mm -hmm. Like, you made it. Is it all over? No, it's not over. But one of the most challenging, difficult positions and times of leadership in my 50 years of life on this earth, you just navigated. And you are still standing. You are still in love with Jesus. You are still leading. You are still impacting the lives of others. So 
buy yourself dinner. Uh, (laughs) You made it. You're in the game. That's half the deal is just standing when the battle is over. And, listen, you may be tattered. You may look like the Revolutionary War soldiers coming over the hill with their crutches and their bandages just limping. But here's the deal. You are still standing. You're in the game. And here's the promise from Scripture. He who began a good work in you will perfect it in Christ Jesus. He's going to finish what he started. He's not done with you. The enemy didn't win. Jesus is still victorious, and there are better great days ahead. Boom. Love that, and I hope you've loved this. I know for me, doing 52 of these, this has just been really cool. Uh, We have more questions that I'll add. If you like this, let us know. Um, And we just just got Vance Pittman off script. Appreciate you. Um, And we'll be back in March with another episode. It won't be an off script episode. We got some new stuff planned for you. But, um, yeah, I I would end with the same way Vance did. Keep going. um, Keep leading. Keep loving Jesus. And know he's going to carry you through. We'll see you in March uh, on the Vance Pittman Leadership Podcast. Thanks again for joining us today for the Vance Pittman Leadership Podcast. If you enjoyed what you've heard, we would love to help spread the word. You can drop a comment on YouTube, leave a review on your favorite podcast app, or share this episode on your social media. Thanks again for joining us.